Because the thing about ADHD is your brain is overactive. You're constantly thinking. So there's so much creativity going on there. You don't know what to do with it that it just blocks everything else that is coming your way and makes it seem less important because you know you're creating something important. You know you have a great idea in your mind, but nobody's letting you get it out there because they're worried about your grades. They're worried about you learning something theory that you're never going to use, right. you know, and it's just, it puts so much unwanted stress when you be using your creativity and gear it towards something amazing and something that can help people because when you really put your heart into something, it's going to work. This is Unconditioning, discovering the voice within with Whitney and Jenkins. Welcome to the 14th episode of Unconditioning, Discovering the Voice Within, where I bring on guests and we talk about the inner authentic voice and the challenges and the rewards that come from following it. This week, I have with me my sister, Jada Mills. She is a makeup artist, a hairstylist, a mother, and she's dealt with ADHD since she was a young child. My sister and I had an act that couldn't flop. (laughs) So my sister and I are five and a half years apart, but we got along incredibly well growing up. We were creative together, we wrote scripts and made short films, and we even wrote a musical together called Food for Thought. We would get annoyed with each other sometimes, but we never got into an argument that lasted very long because it was just so ridiculous for us to stay mad at each other. It didn't make any sense. And we would just laugh and that it would be done. And so I was home visiting my parents and she agreed to do my podcast under the condition that she would do it while she was doing my hair in the bathroom like we used to do when we were growing up and hanging out. So we've coined this the podcast. There is not any pottying actively going on during this podcast, so don't worry about that. Um, But you'll see that perhaps this podcast has more of an intimate vibe just because we've known each other our whole lives and we have a certain vibe between us as sisters do. So I hope that this podcast is as informative as it is enjoyable. You'll find that my sister is incredibly unique in her spirit And she's full of silliness and hilarity. And I'm really proud of her. She has really navigated through a lot of kind of tough times in her life. And so I'm really excited to introduce you to Jada. So what is that? What? This? Yeah, what is that? Just verbal. My ADHD medicine so I can focus on your hair and the podcast at the same time. (laughs) That's the only way I'll be able to do it. I know, that's why I'm trapping you. (laughs) I'm trapping you to do my hair, to do the podcast. Because that's the only way. Because <laughs> that's the only way. Do you think these mirrors are weird looking when you look in them? Do you yeah. Like they f- make you look like a like fun distorted? house. <laughs> like a fun house mirror? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one because I've been having weird like... No, the whole shower looks like weird. Yeah, like it looks... Like a bubble, like, like a Like it's concave or something. What? Why? <laughs> Why? Mirrors are weird to look like this. It's so interesting how mirrors like are the, different. Because they're probably, Daddy Pig was talking about it on Peppa. They're but, concave or concave. But like, or whatever. Okay, so, so think like if you had this mirror, and that's the only mirror you ever <laughs> had in your life, and you just looked in this mirror, and you would think that that's how you looked. Yeah. That is weird. 
But how do you really look, though? Though you don't know because what the mirror, mirror is a true mirror. What? I don't know. And in pictures, like is a picture real? Really, uh, really real? Do you see yourself differently than everyone else sees you? Oh, probably, definitely. Like, I wonder if everyone just looks the way they think they look, and they don't actually look like that. I wonder what you would actually look like if you didn't have a mirror perception of. What you look beauty. like. Beauty. Or but, a perception of beauty. In but, general. like, then then do you look at anyone the way that they really look because you have this perception of beauty? I don't know. Do you just... Do you just... Make up, like, how you want someone to look and that's how they look? That's uh, weird. Fill that in. <laughs> okay. I think you're all brushed. Cool. Oh, I know what we're talking about. that up and then we'll start this thing. <laughs> You're like, Shut up. I don't want you on my podcast anymore. You're annoying. <laughs> well yeah then I can um blow dry and then trim it because I like to cut it dry because then you can see it doesn't shrink oh your hair. Yeah. yeah. That's how how I don't cut too much off. That's why everyone else cuts off so much you know yeah, because I- when our hair is wet especially like we have very like our hair just holds so much moisture that it shrinks up so much when it's wet. Yeah. When it dries, like, your hair will be, like, three inches more than what I take off. You know what I mean? So that's why I I always do. (laughs) Dry it so much. Because remember, mom used to do that to us all the time. I know. It was a traumatic. Yeah. We would always scream and cry and freak out. And and then that's not what you were going to do. And then when I chopped off my hair for the... Oh, and it was so awful. (laughs) It was okay during the play, but then... Those bangs. After it, I didn't know who I was. Yeah. (laughs) Those bangs were, like, really... Hair is so... I know. It's so... So how did... Like, isn't that weird? Like, me just, like... (laughs) So I just get in deep right away. Okay. And, um... So the first question I ask is, when was the first time that you realized that you had like thoughts that were completely your own and they weren't dictated by like school or your parents or they were just yours and you were like oh this is right who I am do you understand the question whenever I finally left my (laughs) ex-husband oh wow that took a long time yep it did (laughs) so when you were little though let's go like way way back because there's some stuff in here that we want to get to that <laughs> happened way before that. So okay, do you want to start over? No, just I mean, ask me again, and I'll say something else. I mean, you don't. I don't have to ask you again. You can just give a different answer, unless you want me to ask it again, in a different way. <laughs> um, I suck at this. I told you. You don't suck at it. When was the first time you realized that you had an intuition inside of yourself? How about that? Um, probably when I was, like, four or five. When, when Is that too young? No, that's perfect. So, like, what what was the thing that like, I remember. <laughs> I remember watching all of these movies in my room, like the Disney princess movies, and I had this little blanket. I watched, watched Sleeping Beauty, and I put the blanket on my head, like a little <laughs> wrap, just like in the movie. And I walked around with it, and my room became a forest, and I knew that I could create my own play spaces in my mind. And that's wow. when I first was... I remember it to the second. It's very strange, but I do remember that. What did it look like? The blanket? Well, <laughs> or 
the blanket, the blanket is fine. You can talk about the blanket, but I'm more interested in the forest in your mind. But they both are valid. So, <laughs> well, it looked a lot like the Sleeping Beauty forest on the movie. Yeah, and I just brought it to life in my mind, and my room became the the setting for my play place. You know, my my mind to run around. So it was kind of a place for you to escape into. Yes, that's why I always would sit in my room for hours and hours and I could play with things forever because I would just keep creating different situations and different characters and different thoughts of different ideas. I used to like to make, see what I could come up with. When I was four or five, I remember I made the Grover and Elmo mask from Sesame Street (laughs) and I cut them on a construction paper, glued them all together I don't think mom and dad had any idea that I was doing that. And I came down and showed them, and they didn't believe that I made them. <laughs> well, and I was like, this is what happens when I'm up there all day. I'm doing things, you know? Right. Yeah. So Your imagination. Yes. I always had everything in my, my room, how I wanted my surroundings to look. I always made it come to life. I always like to rearrange things according to my mood. Hmm. So did you have, like, a place that you made up in your mind that you would go to? All the time. I had a whole different home, a whole different... It was, like, almost like a... What do you call that? Um, Alternate universe that I could escape to that helped me through. It would help me fall asleep. It would help me when I was bored. I could come up with my own story, my own movie of a different life in my head. I had a different set of friends, a different everything, and it was just something that comes together... You know, did you go to that place? Like, how, what made you go to that place? Um, when I would try to focus on doing homework or something that I could not get through. <laughs> okay, and so how did your real life intersect with that? <laughs> like, what did you think of your reality if you had this place that you were able to escape to? Um, I honestly just pushed a lot of things out of my mind, and I think that. I ended up living more inside of my head than in real life, and that definitely made my ADHD worse <laughs> because I didn't have any focus points okay. in my life. <laughs> so, okay, so you went to school, you went to preschool, and then I feel like preschool kind of allows you to kind of have that imaginary escape into play. Mm-hmm. But when do you remember? in going to school that you kind of thought differently than all the other kids around you? Well, whenever we moved um, from the Catholic school (laughs) to a public school, and I realized how different all the kids were and how much less protected their entire environment was and they weren't very sheltered from everything. I learned a lot, (laughs) a lot that I had no idea about. Which I felt I was kind of behind with because I just never was told certain things. <laughs> like, like for what example? Um, I don't know. Just a lot of things that you should know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, regarding what? Like, just, like, life in general? Yeah, or? just, like, what certain words meant, what certain things were, what, like, any... Uh, you know what I mean. Like so when because, you, because of being sheltered. You from, from a Catholic yes. school environment where they kind of want to shelter you from the world. Yes. In a lot of ways. Yes. 
And it's you don't realize that you can have your own opinion until you don't have someone shoving, like, a religion in your face or something else that has a set of rules to it. When you realize that, you know, you're not going to burn for eternity if you don't do everything that you're supposed to do by the Bible, then, like, you just have a wider range of thoughts and goals in your life. (laughs) Right, but I don't think you learned that in the third grade, per se. No. (laughs) So, see, I'm bad at this. I can't. No, you are not bad at this. I'm just guiding you to where we're going to go in the podcast because we're focusing it on the the ADHD aspects. Yes. Just tell me what to say, honestly. No, I want you to say what you're going to say. There's not, like, a right answer or a wrong (laughs) answer because what you've said so far is really interesting. So... When did ADHD, when did, like, focusing on things become a problem for you? As soon as I moved schools and I realized that everything was different, the entire world was different than I thought it was because I was brought up in this small-minded, you yeah. know, very, were this you, is how it is. Did you find that you were, it was di- more difficult for you to escape into your imagination worlds that you created during that time? Or were you able to do that even more because your reality was now skewed? Yeah, the second one. Yeah. yeah. So you did it even more. <laughs> yeah. So you basically just escaped your reality even Forever. further. Yeah. yeah. And then I started doing, when we started doing plays, and then I was like, look, I can write my own story. I can write my own reality. You know, I can write just everything that I wanted. I put it into words instead of, I was always focused inside of my head instead of actually going and doing things about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was also little, so it's you don't really have many options. <laughs> yeah, but also when you're in a play, it kind of gives you an imaginary world to go into. It's not one that you're creating per se, unless it's your character. Did you create like a whole imaginary persona? like life persona like for the characters that you would play in a play? No. Or was it? No, I just would imagine a very adventurous life of me going when I was younger I was obsessed with um forests from probably from that going into the woods my grandma's house going to the woods I would sit at home and think of all of the different ways I could have turned up those hills and like the different Mm -hmm. paths I could take and like what would be at this place what would be at this point it was so interesting and I would get so so excited to explore but yeah so that I think, yeah, but, so, yeah, that makes sense. And I would just get those, I would honestly go to the library, and I would get pictures of beautiful places, and I would just look at them in the car, and I would just imagine being there and doing my life there, or, like, doing, do you know what I mean? I used to do that, too. I would love to spend time outside and, like, just picture my life in a different place, and, like, dream about mailing myself to a foreign land. (laughs) Yeah, never thought of the mailing thing because I'm yeah. super claustrophobic. I found your piece you cut. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would look at planes in our backyard whenever they went by and, like, imagine myself on it going to, like, a distant land. Yeah. I've been always terrified of planes. So... <laughs> do not like planes. But I don't even know how to... Yeah, I don't know how to even get into that. <laughs> I'm really bad. I have no direction with what I talk about, and that's my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Hence the ADHD. I just talk in circles. (laughs) Okay, so when did... So you were in gifted, though, in school. Yes, so as soon as we moved, everything happened as soon as we moved. We moved 
and I was tested and put in to gifted. Everything was different. Um, but when I noticed yeah. my ADHD, that's when I first noticed it because I couldn't focus. But what is what exactly is gifted for people who don't know? I really don't know. It's, it's like a program for. It's a program for you to excel and more of a create on a more of a creative level. So kind of what you're doing, I guess. Just for school kids who get bored by the same repetitive learning ways. And it just, it helps keep you interested in, yeah. in things. You can, only, you can only learn so much without becoming bored of it. <laughs> so what was it about the gifted programs that made you feel like you couldn't focus? No, no, it wasn't because of that. It had nothing to do with that. I noticed that I couldn't focus whenever I got sidetracked with... So I never had to worry about friendships, keeping friendships, drama, any of that before pretty much third grade, which is when we moved. And then that is when I started having a lot of trouble focusing between my thoughts of like time with friends and thinking about doing things with friends and everything else caught up in that versus schoolwork I couldn't focus on them both that's when I realized I couldn't multitask at all (laughs) and that's when things started going downhill I could not so worried about my friends so worried about everything else which is great you're supposed to be um into your friendships and everything that's that's important to you but at the same time I I couldn't I would be thinking constantly about it or constantly about, oh, we could do this at the talent show. We could do this. We could do that. And school was just not exciting to me. And I feel like I just had no, I would rather focus on something else that was creative. Yes. (laughs) Which is why I think I was put into gifted, which did help. And it helped me create a lot of things. Um, It really tested like my boundaries of my mind because they would um do lots of we were put on computers back before they were really popular programs in schools and you know like we had the those brand new computers with the newest software and like we got to try out all of these crazy games and I mean the first thing we learned about in third grade was like the total mind culture we learned everything about that we learned how people like would run cities um, back in the day, we learned about the different cultures, and it was just things that they would never get into in class because most people's minds would wander because they're not interested in that type of thing. They're, they don't open their minds up to that type of learning. And we would create, they would give us projects we would have to do. They gave us um, experiments we would do, um, just like the egg dropping thing with a parachute off of the, yeah. the roof. And we would have to create... Like, my favorite thing is when we could create, like, a business, a building, like, a, a blueprint, something for our own empire, own business. There was, like, a, so like a SimCity yeah. thing, you know? So it was, like, creating, like, one of your worlds, but you were allowed to do it yes. within the school. Yes. And it was a lot of problems I have is I don't have enough time to process when a teacher is speaking. So I don't have time to digest what they're saying before they move on to the next topic. So then I get stuck at the one. So trying to figure it out and everything said after the first part is just I'm lost. (laughs) And I keep trying to catch up. But my brain was absent for the rest of the time that it was supposed to be listening. (laughs) So focusing on only the the front part of it that it never really got past that. Because if you if you don't get the first piece down. You're not right. You can't build and it that. takes me a while. I just need time to process it. And nobody gave me that. So it in turn, p- 
people thought I was stupid, you know, ditzy, blonde. It wasn't that. It's not that I was stupid. I just was, I couldn't follow. I couldn't follow that quickly. But other things that you would not expect me to be able to do and follow, if I was truly interested, I could repeat back an entire speech that someone gave me if it was important and worth it, you know? It's just, I really started figuring out what I was interested in, what piqued my interest and what subjects I just did not care about, you know? <laughs> well, you were in the spelling bee, so... I was. How how was how spelling something that you felt like you excelled at? I think that my mind has always... Everyone has always tried to tell me that I have to be hands-on with everything, which I actually don't believe. I think that everything for me is visual, and it's mm-hmm. only visual in my head. So I can sit there... And spell out a word in my head, letter by letter. I can see it. Everything in my life is imprinted in my mind as a picture, yeah. as a video. It's not so much, there's no music in the background, there's no noise, there's nothing but me talking in my head with, yeah, me and talking in my head with just pictures and memories. I have a very photographic memory, and everything since I was young. I've remembered. I even have a strange memory in black and white of the scale in the hospital. When you the were only born. yes, that's the only thing that I can remember. I went back and that's the one the earliest memory I can ever think of. And I don't know if maybe it was was a dream or if it was just like a flash of a memory that I had. I really don't know. What is the emotion behind that image whenever you're able to think of it? Just like a really heavy weight. It just feels like it's a weight into the scale, but I just feel like I was just dropped into the world. Like I was just dropped from the stork. (laughs) Just dropped me off on the scale. It's like, I don't, it's like before that, I didn't know where I came from. I didn't know how I got here, but I just felt I was dropped off and this is my, my stop, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Can I come in for a minute? Can you stop for Bodhi, what? We're trying to do the podcast. Um, We can't talk. Can I watch YouTube? I don't care. Do you have something to watch it on? Yes. Okay, go watch it. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, that finally was good. when I get there. That was really oh. good. So, and it's like, I got to focus. And then I get distracted. And this happens every single time. <laughs> That's okay. Hence, like, if you guys are listening, that was my son interrupting my my thoughts at the moment. <laughs> Well, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know if you were going to put that. No, we can. Yeah, that, we can. So. I think people are understanding enough to know that little children interrupt yes. our thoughts all the time. So as I grew and I got everyone's opinion of, I didn't know ADHD really existed. I didn't know much at that point. Not a lot of people did. It was, wasn't as studied, I guess, as it is now. Um but that was back when it was actually, you had to actually be diagnosed with it. You had to go through like extensive like testing to make sure that you had it because they put you on stimulant drugs, which are, you know, can have adverse effects on especially children in their growth. So it's, you have to be really careful. Um, my dad, I remember, was very against it. Well, my mom just wanted to be able for me to like deal with life. Right. So I am glad it helped me a lot. It helped me figure out how to focus on one thing at a time. Um, do you but, remember? Do you remember what you felt like when that came up and you were talking about putting you on medication for ADHD? Like, how did that come about? Um, I was just arguing 
with my mom all the time because she said I actually ended up in cyber school because I tried to get through school and especially high school moving to a new high school where you know no one starting high school as a girl it is very hard because everyone's after you there's constant drama so that on top of trying to learn anything was impossible I was my anxiety was terrible you know there was I was bullied quite a bit which also does not help and it just keeps your mind spinning and it makes you even more worried about it so you don't have time for your education yes because it's not at that point it's not on the top of your priority list and you don't realize at that point why it does need to be at the top of your priority (laughs) list (laughs) but yeah you're just trying to survive right so I ended up going to cyber school which I thought was a terrible idea I did not want to do that I didn't want to be pulled from my life and it ended up being the absolute best thing I ever did I went from getting d's and f's in every class to Straight A's, a couple B's. Well, I guess not straight A's, just A's and B's. Um, and one of my best friend who lived across the street actually ended up doing it. So we got to explore on our own. We didn't have the structured school. We got to learn on our own. We got to do it at our own pace. We got to have each other to go on walks with, you know, to exercise. I mean, we had, that was plenty. Mm-hmm. And it's, I realized that I am not good in a structured environment. I need more relaxed environment to be able to create anything, to be able to focus on anything. And I also need to be able to to have time to process something before being put to a task for it. Yeah. So that being that way, I've recently trained myself to quit being a huge unorganized mess, which (laughs) took me years and years. Yeah. So how did, how did that work um, going from being in high school and kind of having the safety net of that sort of kind of a structure but then like going into adult life how did that work because you weren't well the first thing I had to do was get myself to school um when I started college I did one semester at a community college because I was totally unsure what I wanted to do and there was one class that I enjoyed there was actually two classes I would never go to except for to take the test to pass them because they were so like they were just drone on and they didn't catch my attention And I just, I couldn't. And that's when I knew that I had a choice. And that's when I knew, like, I don't have to be going here. I don't have to be learning about this stuff that I don't want to to do anything with. And I was always very interested in psychology. And I thought I would be good at it. But the class to me, like, it didn't go the way I thought. It wasn't, I didn't react to it the same way that I had expected to. I actually reacted better to the juvenile justice class mm-hmm. and it's I'm very interested in in helping people that helping other people see people not so much as weak for their downfalls mm. you know because it happened to me right like I I have so many thoughts and I have so many things in my head that if I could put them together and get them out there like it would be amazing but it's like I don't know how to put it into into life like and you know what I mean I don't know how to get it yeah, you don't know how to organize the pictures in your head to make to sense make to other sense. people. Yes. <laughs> so I end up rambling. A lot of times I over-explain everything because I think everyone is constantly judging and that I sound stupid. And that's something I really need to, to get over because it, it is a huge thing. So that's how you kind of got into beauty school maybe is you were given that structure but also... Well, finally, to, yeah. after I went... 
um, I tried college, you know, I was just so lost. I knew I actually did want to go back maybe for the juvenile justice, but I didn't know in what regard. I didn't know. Um, I'm not very good at handling guilt and anything that has to do with um, children being in hurt situations, taken away from their parents, anything in that manner. I didn't want to be a part of. I didn't want to not be able to sleep at night because of a decision I made. So I thought that beauty school, you know, I had always been interested in. I was always into makeup and all of that. And especially, I mean, I started doing my makeup in what fourth grade. I did my yeah. makeup for a play. Mm-hmm. I did a full face of foundation. I mean, and it was good. And it's like, I knew I had some sort of a knack for that. Could curl my hair, you know, I had something to go off of. Meanwhile, with everything else, it wasn't, it was more creative versus and you could make a life out of it. It wasn't like I wanted to be a sculpting artist, right. you know? <laughs> so, I mean, and it did. I've done a lot with it, and it is nice. And um, I honestly, though, I'm better on my own than with... I worked at a salon for a while. I worked other places. I now do a lot of traveling on my own. And it, it's nice. Traveling when, to, like, photo shoots. Yeah, yeah. And not traveling. <laughs> and weddings. <laughs> yeah, so I do a lot of um, on-location work. Which is nice because it's always different. It's always a different different scenery, different surroundings. You get to meet new people. And it's just something that I enjoy, that I'm good at. And it just clicked for me. Everything has to click and it has to take time. And once it does, then I'm set. But when I want to try something new and start a new route of anything, I have to just totally take it apart and piece by piece kind of just stamp it in my mind. You know, yeah. so it doesn't get lost in the shuffle of everything else going on in my head. <laughs> like you have to take take time to like set it aside and care for it. <laughs> so you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like a thought, so you know that that's one you want to keep. <laughs> I think that's a really healthy way of processing things, though, too, though, because a lot of people just dismiss their thoughts and their emotions, and they, and never they go don't back to deal them. with them. And then, yeah, if you don't go back to dealing with them, then. You haven't really dealt with them, which I think we did when we went to the rage room. Yes. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about that experience a little bit of like how going okay. to the rage room um, just kind of moved things within you and, and felt cathartic? Yes. Yeah, so there is a place called the rage room in Pittsburgh. You should check it out if you have any anger built up inside because it was amazing. Um, I have had extremely moody times of the month. <laughs> I don't know how, how I say that. Should I say that? On you can say anything you want to. There's no... Okay. So around that time, I get very moody. And I have been walking around with a lot of anger for a long time because I've been so busy. I haven't had a, a second to sit down and figure out a way to get through my anger or think about it. Or with two kids, you don't have a lot of time um, for yourself or for dealing with your own issues. So... I, you gave me this great idea (laughs) and surprised me for my birthday to go to the rage room and I have never felt so, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I had control of something. I never felt like I, I never felt something leave my body quite like that. (laughs) Like we had 15 minutes left. I went in there and I was just smashing stuff, throwing stuff as hard as I could. And I really didn't get my anger out until I, I named everything. I gave everything a name. And that was an entire part of my anger. And I I took it, I smashed it, 
And I was over it. There was 15 minutes left and I was done. I was like, that's it. I'm not angry anymore. I'm done. I can go. <laughs> and the last week has been awesome because I have felt no no rage. And I also feel like your rage, any type of rage, whether you even realize you have it or not, can definitely block your creativity center because yeah. everything that floods your brain with negative energy is just pushing you back and it's pushing all of your creative thoughts back further and further in your head. Yeah, and it seems that your brain works in a way that you thrive when you are creative and that's the way that you operate anyway through pictures and visual yes. things. So when you're not able to access that part of your brain with all the stuff that's flooding it down, then that can cause So that's another down. weird yeah. thing with like the all of the the kids now growing up, all the teenagers and everything, they're so stuck on videos. I hate videos because I feel like it takes away your total imagination. Yeah. I like having control of my imagination and I don't like being told where to go for where to go you know yeah like I would love to read books I would love to get into reading books but I don't have the brain power to um comprehend all of them because they are just very time consuming whenever I read the same paragraph over and over but when I'm interested in something and I can sit there and I can pull it apart and I start putting it together wow, look at this, this makes sense, because two paragraphs down, it explains this, and, you know, I have to pull apart how normal people would just read something, I have to make a beginning, middle, and end for myself, so I can go back through, it's like I have to evaluate everything I read, I have to restructure everything to make it work in my head, the world was made, everything runs in the world for, like, right-handed people, which I am not, (laughs) (laughs) and also right-brained people, which I am not, so um, there's just, or... Maybe I am right-brained, left-handed, right-brained, something yeah, like that. Know. You were never good at those yeah. right, left things. Anyway. I also, <laughs> yeah. I also still do not know my right from left, so I'm not totally sure. <laughs> so use the L. But that's a part of it, too. I still have to visualize. I have to do this so I know my right from left. Everything for me is just visual. I don't like the videos, though. Because I have my own visual, I don't want the videos to ruin it, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. You can't cut that part out because it's really confusing. (laughs) No, it's not confusing. I I followed that. So because you're a parent, do you think um, going through those experiences of your childhood and the way that you had to kind of navigate things that's affected the way that you look at your kids and how, like, you're guiding them through life? Yes, I... So, this is the big thing that I wanted to discuss was the fact that ADHD is so widely over-diagnosed right now when they don't do the extensive testing they used to. They don't really check to see. It's basically an unruly kid wants to act out and their parents or their teachers, like, you need to get them tested for ADHD because the teachers don't want to deal with them or the parents don't want to deal with them. And that's not, they're going to have problems forever if you don't deal with it early on enough. You have to, you know, explain to them why they're being put on this medication. You have to explain to them why their brain works different and that it's okay that their brain works different and that they don't have to be like everyone else. And you can't make them feel guilty for not thinking the same way that everyone else is taught to think. And that's the biggest part of it is if you, if somebody sat there and told me, here, give me a piece of paper here, do whatever you want or write the ABCs in order. 
most kids in school, they wouldn't be here. They'd be like, I don't know what to think of. So they would write them. Yeah. Me, I would have some crazy drawing, some crazy story written in the corner. You know, I just, when I had the space for creativity, where most people get stuck, I, like, know exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. The things that most people, that come to that come to most people and more naturally is what I struggle with. So it's like I'm flip-flopped. <laughs> yeah, so what, what advice would you give to maybe people who are going through you seem to have found ways to work with your ADHD so would you be able to give anyone advice of how they can deal with ADHD yes you have you have to have your own pace your own track you have to um also this is you taught me a lot of this is you have to learn to tune people out because that is the biggest distraction is whenever you're focused, you have an idea, you have something great and you have something that you want to work on. And then you have someone in walking by talking about something and somebody's outfit down the road and then you totally lose it. And this great idea is gone forever because somebody is out there talking about something pointless, which they don't know that they just ruined your moment. But at the same time, like it's gone. That's why I tell my son when I'm in the middle of writing my planner every day. I have trained myself to be on a schedule, to have a routine with everything I do every day to handle both kids. I have him at home remote right now. So everything is on a schedule, which I never, ever, ever thought I could do because I was always late for everything. I was always so unorganized, discombobulated, like whatever you want to call it, I couldn't function. And everyone pretty much knew that I was a hot mess all the time. (laughs) And I'm just, I'm very proud of myself because finally... I took the time and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it. Like, same thing with cheerleading, with dance. Every time we would learn a new routine, I would be awful for the first couple of days. I would, they would be like, why are you even here? You're like, you don't know what you look like you're doing. As <laughs> soon as it clicked, I would go over and over it in my head, all the pictures, all of the, all of the visual. So instead of practicing it externally, I would practice it internally. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as weird as that sounds, without really doing it right on the outside at all, once I get it in my head, perfect. Yeah. It's like my brain works to my feet. Like <laughs> everything mm-hmm. I train myself for cleaning the house in a certain way, you well, know. I I think if we all learned to get things in our head straight first before we try to <laughs> do anything externally, it would make a big difference in everyone's lives. So. It's almost a weird type of OCD. Like ADHD comes with a, a very weird type of OCD that you actually don't control. Hmm. And um, for people that don't know, ADHD is actually a chemical imbalance in your brain, which means it has to be altered by a chemical substance to equal it out. But if you don't have that and you just have an overactive child, especially with all of the free radicals out there with the um, technology and all of the tablets and everything else, and just the, the TV shows, everything they watch, it's all about kids having everything they want, having so much money, having whatever, and that's not real life. And kids are going to focus on that and think that that's how it's going to be. And they're going to be like brats, like the kids on the YouTube videos. They're going to do whatever (laughs) they want. But they don't truly have ADHD. And a lot of times you can't tell until they're a little older. So I think I definitely should have been diagnosed a little bit earlier, and it would have helped me out, say, if I got diagnosed by when third, fourth grade, it would have made things a lot different. But at the same time, 
I wouldn't have realized how much of a difference that it actually makes. Yeah. Without it. Because I went, it was like a 360, or 180. 360 is the whole way. That's bad. Okay, it's 180. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like your journey is your journey and you learn the way that you learn. For a reason. Yeah. And I'm glad. And it just, it does. It makes me upset whenever, um, you know, all of these younger psychiatrists who will just pull up an app on their phone and say, you know, oh, here's some Adderall, here's this. It's, that has very high potential for abuse, especially for children, especially where drugs are a huge thing in the world and a huge issue. And I don't think that they should be exposed to having at least control of them while they're young or they shouldn't have access to them only when they need them um i think everything should be monitored i know they have to do ekgs every so often to test your heart and make sure because they know there's certain things in there that um if you do have any pre-existing heart conditions can cause strokes and everything else like that so it's the fact that all of these parents are unknowingly putting their children on this medication that they want them to calm down for it can cause you know the developmental growth um stopping like it can physical growth stopping stunting you know it just I just feel like a lot of people should be more educated in it before they yeah decide or don't decide maybe try to train change the structure of the environment of the what the kids are doing instead of going straight to the medication and like and also ask and also make sure you ask them how they're feeling ask them do you understand this? What part of it do you feel like you don't understand? Do you think that you could be helped if this was put up in a more visual way? If this was put up in, like, a different way? Do you, would you understand this better? I like mean... Different the, learning kinds yes. of Yes. So, yeah. the way that things are now, especially with everything being remote and how they have to close off so many areas and they have to split so many areas of the school up in general, they absolutely should have a separate wing for kids with ADHD, that's maybe a little more creative, that's more geared towards how they, like, how much better they learn, because the thing about ADHD is your brain is overactive, you're constantly thinking, so there's so much creativity going on there, you don't know what to do with it, that it just blocks everything else that is coming your way and makes it seem less important, because you know you're creating something important, you know you have a great idea in your mind, but nobody's letting you get it out there because they're worried about your grades. They're worried about you learning some theory that you're never going to use. Right. You know, and it's just, it puts so much unwanted stress when you be using your creativity and gear it towards something amazing and something that can help people because when you really put your heart into something, it's going to work, you know? Yeah. So it's not going to be something that you have to mathematically figure out, something you have to you know, figure out in a certain way or a certain, there's not a certain way you have to go about doing it. You can do it however you want, you know? (laughs) Yeah, allow room for discovery of how to get to the solution of a problem. a lot of, I also think that there needs to be another way for teachers to learn to deal with those. So I feel like even the education that the teachers receive in school needs to also have a separate chapter on that. Just so they are, ADHD is so, 
it's so weird because people, a lot of people have it, but nobody really will talk about it and nobody does anything for it. It's here, put you on Adderall, here, put you on this, here, you know, that's it. They don't really do anything about it to help you. I know there's certain therapies you can do, but... They don't help they you don't with help. the day-to-day life. Like, this is how you no. can function. And with the thing brain, with this is you have to realize everything yourself. Somebody can tell you. You know what I mean? Like, somebody can tell you something, and until you realize it yourself, until you feel it or realize yourself that you have to do it. Until it clicks with you. Yes, me. yes, until yeah. it clicks with you. Somebody can tell you all day what to do, and you just have, you're still so clueless. You have no idea what they're talking about. And then one day, they'll say something... A part of a sentence that doesn't even make sense to them, like something they're talking about, all of a sudden you're just like, wow, I get it. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense because of this and this and this. And you put it all together and it's just like, I don't know. It's just like you get it and you know and you're ready. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to ask you this question because I usually ask it to wrap up the conversation because I think we covered a lot of really good stuff here. And my hair might fall out if I don't wash it soon, maybe. No. No. (laughs) Um, so if your inner voice, that intuition that guides you through your creativity, if it had a billboard, what would it say to the world? Hmm. Maybe it would just say, just relax and take in everything you can and everything else will come to you naturally. All right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, sister, for doing my podcast. Welcome, sissy, podcast. <laughs> Should we sing a song from Food for Thought to end? Hmm. We are the cheese. We're better than Greek chickpeas. We are real special because we don't grow on trees. We are the cheese. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and rating this podcast as it really helps get this podcast out to other people who might be interested in hearing it but don't know about it yet. And also, if you'd like to contact me or reach me, you can reach me at unconditioningpodcast at gmail.com or unconditioningpodcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And until next time... Stay tuned in to you.